What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, as we go into kind of a depressing weekend with no Chiefs football. It is the bye week. Uh, you're, if you're listening to this a little bit later, we're recording here on Thursday, November 9th. And uh, yeah, no Chiefs game. In fact, it's kind of a bummer because we've got the long, what I could like to call the long wait after a bye week. It's already bad when you have a whole week go by without getting to see the Chiefs play football. But this one in particular is kind of rough because the last game that the Chiefs played was a very early game on Sunday. And the next game that the Chiefs play is the very last game uh, on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, which is going to be a great game. I'm excited for that, but that's a long time between games. Of course, the Chiefs are coming back from Germany, so they want to rest up. They want to heal up. And the good news is the Chiefs got a lot to figure out. They're in really good position, but they've got a lot to figure out. The offense is not moving and, and putting up points in the way that it has in years past. So Andy Reid's going to go back into the lab. He knows a little bit more about what he has at the wide receiver position and the offensive positions in general. And he also knows what he has on the defensive side of the ball after, what have they played? Played eight games so far, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got half a season in if you're the Chiefs. I'm sorry, they played nine games. Uh, so Andy knows. Andy knows what he has and he knows what he's going to need in the second half of the year. Um, shout out to everybody watching on YouTube. We got a great show lined up for you today. Kylie Winfrey from the Kingdom Cast is going to be joining me in just a little bit. You might remember Kylie. She was on, well, you should follow her on Twitter because she's a fantastic Chiefs fan, a great follow, and provides good commentary on the team. Um, I'm going to pull up her Twitter right now just so you guys got the, uh, yeah, she's at the Kylie Winfrey. Pretty simple. Uh, she's going to be on. We're going to we're going to look back at the season so far. Hand out some hardware uh, to the Chiefs players who uh, for the first half of performances, and then we're going to do a little take it or leave it on the second half of the year and our predictions for the rest of the way. We want you guys to be interactive with this show, so make sure you're letting us know in the comments on YouTube live 
what you think the answers to these questions are. Who's your first half MVP for the Chiefs offense, defense, special teams? We're going to do all that. Super excited to get into it. Um, and then I got to let you know that we've got a little something for you here. Even though there's not going to be any Chiefs football, that doesn't mean that you can't have fun. Maybe betting on some sports. Uh, Sleeper Daily Fantasy. Uh, Chiefs fans, um, if you haven't heard of, of Sleeper Daily Fantasy, Sleeper hosts daily fantasy prop games that you can compete for a chance to win big cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for the upcoming games across different sports. You pick whether each prop will be the over or the under the given total. And you can choose up to eight different props for a chance at a bigger prize. If you want to join in on the action, all you uh, we've got you covered. All you got to do is sign up with our promo code, FANSIDED2, today and receive a deposit match up to $100 using code FANSIDED2, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D-2. When signing up, not only gives you this great reward, but it also directly supports this podcast. So make sure to use the promo code FANSIDED2 when you sign up. This offer is only available for new customers who are 18 and older, 19 and older in Nebraska and 21 and older in Massachusetts and physically present in a valid state. Please remember to always game responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Okay, so I wanted before we bring Kylie on, and, and this is sort of a gonna be part of the show. We're gonna be talking about this stuff, but Pro Football Focus has released their um their all pro team at the midseason mark. So there's a lot of people on here, uh, obviously, not all of them are Chiefs, but three Chiefs made the list. So uh, if you want to check this out, um, it's over at profootballfocus.com. And uh, I just I wanted to highlight the Chiefs that are on there see if you guys agree here, okay? So um, Travis Kelsey makes their second team. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Travis Kelsey's first team, all pro. Uh, second team went to George Kittle of San Francisco. Kelsey has 49 more receiving yards than the next best tight end. This is what they wrote. And is the only player at his position to see 10 or more targets and to earn a 90-plus pro football focus receiving grade and is averaging a position-leading 2.43 yards per route run. That, that's If you're not familiar with yards per route run, that's, that's a fantastic uh, outcome there for Kelsey. I got to say, I agree with it. Even though he missed a game this year, even though the Chiefs offense hasn't really been rocking or rolling, Travis Kelsey's still been that dude and is on pace, I think, for, a, you know, he should get another 1,000-yard season. Absolutely remarkable what he's been doing. And um, I agree with Pro Football Focus. He should be on the all-pro track this year yet again. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, make sure you hit that like button. Let's talk some Chiefs football. Uh, next up, let me find it here. Uh, is at the guard position. So uh, first first team All-Pro for Pro Football Focus guard, that went to Tyler Smith of the Cowboys. Second team went to our guy, Joe Tooney. Uh, and uh, they didn't really, they, they only write about the, the person who gets first team. So they didn't really talk too much about Tooney here. Um, but look, man, I feel like Joe Tooney is one of these guys, let me know if you agree, that gets a little bit overlooked. Everybody knows he's great, and you kind of just take him for granted. And the offensive line in general has been playing well this year. And the Chiefs paid him a lot of money when they brought him over, and rightfully so. He's lived up, uh, I think, to the contract for the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they got a, <laughs> got a Super Bowl out of the deal. He's versatile. He can play left tackle if they need him, probably play right tackle. Uh, so he's fantastic. Um, I see some people asking about what's going on with the Chaz. Is there a problem on, on YouTube? 
Uh, not sure. Anyway, um, so Joe Tooney, second team all pro over at Pro Football Focus. And then number three here, it's a defensive player. If you're watching on YouTube, far off in the chat, let me let me know if you've got a prediction. If you haven't seen it already, of course, I'll give you a guess, but you probably won't need it. It's Trent McDuffie, and he comes on as, as a first-team All-Pro for Pro Football Focus. Best cornerback, in their opinion, that's what that means, in the NFL. And here's what they wrote. In his second year out of Washington, McDuffie is impressing once again for the Kansas City Chiefs. Across 315 coverage snaps, he is allowed just one touchdown. I'm going to say that. I'm going to repeat that one. Across 315 coverage snaps, he is allowed just one touchdown. But most impressive is his ability to strip the ball away from his opponents with four forced fumbles so far this year. And you know what I think that that's (laughs) – what I think so cool about that stat for McDuffie, and when we think about cornerbacks, like shutdown cornerbacks, we either think of like the lockdown guy who nobody ever throws at or the like Marcus Peters type ball hawk who ends up pulling a bunch of interceptions. Chiefs don't have a ton of interceptions. I don't think anybody on the Chiefs has more than one interception this year. But McDuffie's found a way to make an impact stripping the football. So after guys already caught the ball, whether he gave up the catch or not, he's finding a way to dislodge the football and create turnovers, which is taking a defense that is already really good and winning games. Making those are game winning plays, as we saw against the Miami Dolphins. That was that was the difference in that game. Um, so you know, nobody could argue, you know, these guys are cornerbacks are not generally very big. Hey, make the tackle, get out of there. McDuffie's got a nose for the football. He's a gamer, man. He's uh as as I think the NFL players would say, he's a dog, right? Like he is out there shutting guys down, not giving up big plays, not giving up touchdowns, and he's turning the ball over. So there's other people that I think could be on this list. Now, they're looking at it all pro, first team and second team. So you've got to be the best or the second best in your position. Um, but pretty pretty impressive outing here. Now, you probably noticed that one person who's not on this list is the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Here's what here's how PFF went with, with quarterback. They went with Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then second team, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure Josh Allen's having that much better of a season than Patrick Mahomes, but here we are. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Here's what they wrote about Lamar. Jackson's 86.6 PFF passing grade, which would be a career high, ranks third in the league, and he leads all quarterbacks with 428 rushing yards. He's also 
He's already forced 26 missed tackles on rushing attempts this season, six more with the second rank uh, than the second rank quarterback, and has 14 big time throws that are tied for eighth in the league. New offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has helped Jackson and the Ravens' passing attack, but the former league MVP's own development has been just as important to this offseason, to this offensive success. I let me know in the chat what you guys think. I agree. I think Lamar's had the best season so far. The, the Ravens are on a roll. Um, they've played a couple good teams, not a murderer's row type schedule, but when they've played some some you know better competition, they've wiped the floor with them. I mean, they've really been good. Um, you know, Baltimore is the same record as the Chiefs. Chiefs don't play Baltimore this year unless they meet in the playoffs. But we start paying attention to the Ravens. They've won four in a row. Their only losses, they had an overtime loss to Indianapolis earlier in the season. And uh, they lost to Pittsburgh, division rival. You know how we know how those games can go. Chiefs just lost to the Broncos. They lost to them 17-10. But since that game, they've beat uh, the Tennessee Titans 24-16, wiped the floor with the with the Lions 38-6. 31-24 over the the very bad Arizona Cardinals team. And then last week, played Seattle, team with a winning record, 37 to 3. So they've got a really good defense. Lamar's playing well on offense. And so that's a team that's going to go as far as, as Lamar takes them. Tom Hood says Ravens are getting a lot of hype. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with the Chiefs kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Um, but this this Ravens team is is for real. And, and one thing that's interesting, and I'll probably talk with, about this with Kylie in just a second, the Chiefs right now, they've got the number one seed because they've got the tiebreaker over the Ravens. But interestingly enough, the Ravens are going to play. The Ravens will play this week. Uh, they play the Cleveland Browns. Could be a tough game. And then they play the Bengals. So they've got two, two big games coming up. But funny enough, before the Chiefs, they have the same record right now. But by the time the Chiefs play another football game, the Ravens could have two more wins. So the Ravens could be nine and two and the Chiefs seven and two before the Chiefs step on a football field again because of the bye week and the Ravens have a later bye week. So keep an eye on Baltimore if you're if you're looking for a team to watch, if you've got Sunday ticket or whatever, while the Chiefs are on the bye week, that could be a potential playoff contender against the Chiefs and and somebody who's hunting for that number one seed. Um, Tom Hood says Ravens will get all the hype only to be knocked out in the first round. We shall see. We shall see. Um, all right. Uh that's it for, for me. Let's bring on our guest, Kylie Winfrey of the Kingdom Cast. What's up, Kylie? How are you doing? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Wonderful. Then I'm doing great. I'm great. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm not enjoying the getting dark at like 4.30 anymore. That's not fun. Man, I could not agree with you more. Leaving work at five and realizing you've missed the entire day is, yeah. is kind of a bummer. Going to work in, when it's dark and then leaving when it's dark is kind of a bummer. But, but it's yeah, been pretty I'm, nice, at least. The temperatures have been warm. So It is warmer. I used to, I used to work on Wall Street back, back when I used to live in New York City. And I'd have to get up really early because I had to commute in 30 minutes on the train. And, it was, and I worked in an office and I worked in the front and the front didn't have any windows. And during this time of year, it was absolutely brutal. I worked from like 7 to 6 p.m. And it was like dark when I left the house and went into the office. And if I ordered lunch at my desk, I literally did not see the sun. And I started to crack up a little bit. <laughs> so I feel you. Yeah, I'm lucky enough now at least that I work from home and I've got the windows here and I can like step out and get some fresh air. 
Yeah, you're lucky. I was going to say there's a window behind you. So you, you've got a little bit of visibility to the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's tough. I feel like onset depression, it's really easy to be depressed yeah. right away. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's okay. It's not too bad. Like, so it doesn't bother me as much early on in the season. And I think part of the reason is because it's like, it's the holidays. So it's like, okay, like we had Thanksgiving coming up and then Christmas and everybody's houses are decorated with like lights. So when you're out, it's like cheery. I think I'm team people need to leave their Christmas lights up until like March. Because when everybody takes them down in January and you go outside, it's just depressing. Like at least why not? Like why not leave the lights up so that at least it's pretty outside? I'm totally, so I'm totally with you on that. I absolutely hate winter. No offense to anybody out there who likes winter. It's totally fine. I'm just not that girl. I absolutely, like you said, I love it right now. We've got football going on. Obviously that always helps. And then the holidays are always really nice. But then as soon as January gets here, it's just like, at least there's a little bit football, especially for Chiefs fans lately. We've really had the, um, luck of having our team playing through February, which is really nice because once February hits, I'll tell you what, it is full depression for me. Yeah. Like there's the football withdrawals. And then of course it's dark out. It's cold out. Yeah. February yeah. is it's brutal. Rough. It's, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really, really brutal. Um, absolutely hate it. Um, sorry. Somebody was not, there's a package and someone's knocking on my door and my <laughs> wife's sick and I'm doing a show. So I guess they're just going to have to, leave the package. Um, by the way, that's a great sweatshirt. I've noticed that these are in fact like the sort of like, like it's like an old school logo, right? Can you show it off for everybody? Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a lot I, of what we had when I was growing up in the nineties. Yeah. I, so I, this is actually not a vintage piece. I do have a couple of like vintage, it's crazy to call them vintage when you think of the nineties, yeah. like not to date myself, but, um, this is not a vintage piece. I got this last year for Christmas, but yeah, you're right. Like it's definitely, and the cut is a little different. Like you can't mm. really see the cut, but the, the arms are a little longer. I don't know. I'm pretty specific with my sweatshirts cause I've got long arms. So I need to make sure that it's long enough for me yeah. to, you know, secure things. But thank yeah. you. I, yeah. I'm addicted to chief's gear. So mm. I feel like once the, that's another thing. It's like, once the season's over, I'm like, what do I wear? Like, I feel like I'm in Chiefs gear every single day of the week, at least, you know, throughout the weekend. And then the season's over and I still want a knee-jerk reaction to just go ahead and keep wearing it. But, yeah. Um, with you. I never get rid of anything. Like, I've always no. got, you know, I, I keep all of my Chiefs stuff and I just never get rid of it. And my closet is now, like, half Chiefs jerseys and sweatshirts. And I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, like, I'm a big fan of Homage. And, like, I buy yeah. their stuff all the time. And I think I've seen pictures of you on Twitter, like with the the great Derek Thomas T-shirt that they have. They say, I've got that one, too. So good. Their sweatshirts are so comfortable. I wear them all winter. Um, shout out to Homage. We need to get we need to get sponsored by them. Um, but yeah, it's, shout out. it's rough. It is rough. Um, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for coming back on. It was great having you on a few weeks ago. I know I reached out to you a, a while back and we were trying to figure out a time to schedule. And this seemed like a really great time to have you back on. Cause we're like halfway through the season. Now we talked to you before the season. It's been a little bit of a wild ride. I mean, just the football <laughs> aside, like Taylor Swift, what do you make of all that nonsense? <laughs> are you, are oh you my on gosh. it? Are you for it? 
So thank, first of all, thank you for having me on. I absolutely love coming on here. I had a great time last time. Couldn't wait to get back on here. I was bummed we couldn't make it work earlier, but I feel like this actually works out really well because like you said, it's the bye. There's, we came off a really great win against Miami, which we'll talk about later, but the Taylor Swift thing has been wild for me. So I'll be completely honest. I was not a Taylor Swift. I, I was not like a hater, but not a Taylor, not a Swifty by any means. Um, so when this was all going down, I was like, no way. Like over the summer when there was like the friendship bracelet thing going on, I was like, they're not, that's not, you know, it was kind of like hard to believe. And then as this whirlwind has kind of happened, it's like, okay, like they're really, I have to say they're really cute together. Like, I do think that they make a great couple. Um, she seems legitimately, legitimately into the games. I love how much she's taken on with like Brittany Mahomes and they've really formed a really great friendship. I think that's really nice to see. I love that she's really gotten close with his family. At least it seems from the outside perspective that they've gotten really close. So I'm for it. Um, I will say that like as an avid, just football fan, as someone who's watched this team since I was a little, little, little baby, I just really am all about the football. So yeah. in the beginning, when it was like, Taylor's here, Taylor's here, it was just, it was a little much for me. I do feel like that's calmed down, which is really nice. But um, yeah, I think it's a great time to be a Chiefs fan. It's like, it's really hard to be upset when you are, I don't want to say America's team, but kind of America's they team are. at this point. And, you know, Taylor Swift's at the games and it's just, it's a really wild ride. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm for it as long as Travis is happy, right? Like that's what, as long as Travis is happy. <laughs> yeah, man. We want the best for, uh, best for our guys. Um, and look, I mean, I like Taylor Swift's music. Um, I've, I've never been like a, a crazy, I, I really like her music videos. Like ever since I saw the, like the blank space music video, I thought it was really cool. So I thought those were fun. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, like you have to admit, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a circus, but that's what happens when like you have this high profile team and this high profile player. And then the most arguably like what it's like her and Beyonce are like one A and one B yeah. like famous, you know, musicians and singers like that's it. So I mean, that is somebody <laughs> like that showing up to the games. It's just a big deal. It brings in a whole new crew of people. Um, although I felt I have felt a little bit bad about people that are always talking about like, Oh, welcome to Taylor Swift fans. Like this is football. Like I'm like, there's pro probably half of them probably watch football. Just assuming yeah. that like people that like Taylor Swift don't like football is kind of silly as well, but it is. It's yeah. just like, it's like you're dating a beetle or something, you know? So it's, it's, it's been absolutely wild. Crazy. And it's like, you know, the networks, like they're trying to get the ratings and it was, it was a little bit like, all right, like give it a rest already. We get it. <laughs> but has anybody had, a sort of it's got to be kind of wild to be Brittany Mahomes. Like she seems such a, like a nice person and like they were just like normal people, you know, like he was a sports star and she was uh, too. I'm not exactly sure how good she was, but I know she played, she played professionally for a little while and mm -hmm. uh, played at a high level, but to go from like, they're so young, the both of them still to go from being like just high school sweethearts and then they go to college and then like he's really 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 good and then he gets drafted and then there's like a whole year where like they're kind of an obscurity like mm -hmm. alex smith's the quarterback and then boom it blows up and all think about all the things it's kind of depressing for me all the things <laughs> that have happened to those two in their short like they're in their 20s i'm 40 years old and i'm like well Patrick's lapped me five or six times already. <laughs> the man's not even 30 years old. But like now, if just specifically Brittany, 
you were like a normal person and then you grew up and your and your high school sweetheart became a professional quarterback and now you're out hanging out with like Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner and so like she was watching <laughs> Game of Thrones when nobody knew who she was and now she's hanging out it's just got to be absolutely nuts two kids oh yeah I completely agree and then well she had a um, you know two of her friends with her I believe over the weekend when they were all those pictures were taken with her and like Selena Gomez and everybody. So you have to think about too, like the friends she's bringing on. They're like, is this our life right now? Like, are we seriously at a, at dinner with Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift? Like I was bopping to her jams five years ago. She didn't have any idea who I was and now here I am. So it does go to show like how quickly life can change. You don't really know. Yeah. But wild, wild. Um, Well, let's get into some chiefs talk. Uh, it, we are at the bye week again. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a solid, hit that like button. We want to hand out some awards, so we're at the bye. So I, I, I've got a whole list of questions here. I want to fire at you, Kylie, and we want to hear from you guys who are watching in the chat as well. Uh, let us know what you think. By the way, shout out to Flapjack City who says I'm here for all things Taylor Swift. Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, grades. Let's hand out some grades. So how would you grade Kylie the team's performance so far this year at the midway point? I feel like this is a really it's a harder question than it probably should be because when you look at the record, it's like, it's so easy. They're seven and two. They're atop of the AFC. Like this has to be an A, a performance, right? But when you sit down and watch the games and we know the offensive struggles that they've had, it's hard to give them an A. So I, for me personally, I'm going to go B minus. Mm-hmm. I feel like the defense, as we know, has done a bulk of the, I don't want to say a bulk of the work, but they've been what's kept us in these games. They've been what's really held us together and given us these victories. So I think when you think about teams in the past and you think about where the defense has come and how they've kind of come on strong late, it's definitely kind of like we're living in the upside down to see our defense be as strong as they are. But because of that, and because I do really consider them to be a top three, top two defense in the league, if you consider, you know, the Ravens, the Browns, other defenses out there. I think you got to give them a B minus in my opinion. I know the offense is struggling, but you still can't count out the fact that we've got Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. I do think, they'll figure it out. I'm hoping, you know, we keep saying that, like how long can we keep saying that? <laughs> but, um, uh, no, I'm going to say B minus. What are you, what are you giving them? Interesting. I would, you know, actually I was leaning like a minus, but I think you, you talked me out of it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go with a B plus. I, like they do get kind of graded on a curve, right? Cause they're the chiefs. I will say that I feel like if they, if the defense was kind of like bad, this year and the offense looked good like it always did and they had the same record we would probably be grading them higher just because we're so used to them being like so good on offense and we just assume that the defense was always going to be the weak link and so this is just weird and it probably feels unsettling i know it feels unsettling to me to see them not be able to score touchdowns as much but so i'm going to give a b plus because the defense has been sensational they're the number one seed in the afc um, and they're getting docked for struggling on offense and for one really bad loss. Like that loss to Denver should not have happened at all. They should have blown them out, let alone losing to them. So I'm just, I'm after them for that. And for some of the coaching, I think some mm-hmm. of the coaching, Dave Tobe and Andy Reid, I think have struggled at times this year. And, you know, the championship expectations. So as long as they figure it out by the end of the year, I'm fine with it. But they've been very good. You couldn't ask a whole lot more of them, but the fact that they were a dropped pass away from beating the Lions and then all they mm-hmm. needed to do is 
is beat a terrible Broncos team and just run the football and they just refuse like that. That to me, you're going to get docked for that. They could be undefeated right now, uh, which would have been incredible going into this game against the Eagles, but still very good, still trending, I think, in the right direction. And I'm with you. I think they're going to figure it out on offense, but they messed up. You know, they turned in a couple of bad papers in the first half of the season. Um, Let us know in the chat what you guys get. uh, Give them. Uh, Ronald says um, for a repeat, they are a B today, potentially an A in a month. I think that's fair. Right. Like, yeah, that, you know, they're they're a work in progress. And, and, and that's sort of the thing I think sometimes that we might forget about this team because of the expectations is they know like they know where they should be at the end of the year. And so I do think that they use the first part of the season to figure some things out, whereas other teams are like they don't they can't mess around like they're not good enough. Right. So like a team like the Jaguars can't be like, like, you know, they're not great. They're good, but they can't just be like, oh, it's a fuck around in the first half of the season and figure some things out. They, they, you know, they could end up being 500. Yeah. I wonder if we saw a little bit of that too in the Miami game. I mean, you saw what that opening drive was flawless. (laughs) I mean, it was just crazy. I was like, where has this team or this offense been? And then you see, you know, our defense makes some stops. Miami's not scoring. We see them get that great turnover that turns into a defensive touchdown. And then you kind of see the second half and we take our foot off the gas. And I wonder if those, I mean, that's sort of remnant of what we see in the season, you know, like we'll start, we'll do what we need to do to get by. And we saw this last year. And I feel like we were in this same position last year as chiefs fans. We were like, I'm so frustrated. They lost to the, or they almost lost to the Texans and they lost to the Colts. And then we're hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the year. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah. At least there was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so who is your offensive MVP at the bye week? It's got to be Travis Kelsey. I, he's a beast. At 34 years old, to be putting up the numbers that he's putting up still, I know he didn't have the best game last against the Dolphins, but when he's not on the field, when Pat's not connecting with him, we we struggle on offense. It's clear that he is the MVP of that offense outside of Mahomes. Mahomes trust him. He's the number one target. He's He constantly is able to get open, again, with the exception of Sunday. And when we didn't have him in that first game, we lost by a point. To your point, we lost to the Lions by one point. And I truly think if Travis Kelsey's out there, that's we win that game. So I just I feel like he's the most valuable player. We need him on that field. We need him healthy on the field to be victorious. Yeah, I'm with you. He's my MVP as well. He's fantastic. He's been banged up. He's still out there doing the damn thing. He's incredible. I don't know what we'd do without him. Well, I guess we know what we'd do without him. We'd lose the Lions by point. So um, <laughs> hopefully they can get it figured out and take some of the pressure off him. I think that's the big thing. I'd love for him to have just another outrageous season, and he's going to need some of the other guys to step up in order for that to happen. Otherwise, they're just going to put three guys on him and, and dare the other guys to beat him. Evan says Rasheed by far is the rookie of the year so far. I think we're going to get to that. Maybe I have that question. I don't know. We'll see. Um, he's been great. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. this one's, I think a little bit trickier. Who's your defensive mm-hmm. MVP at the bye? It's easy to say McDuffie. I mean, it's hard. Not, I guess it's easy to say McDuffie hard not to say McDuffie because he's just had an unbelievable second year. I mean, he's got like what four forced, forced fumbles through the first part of the season. I think he's second on the team for tackles. Um, he's just absolutely upped his game from the last season as a rookie. The forced fumble on Tyreek was 
unbelievable <laughs> last weekend. Uh, and he's physical and he's on these guys. And our secondary is just, and I know we've got Snead and Justin Reed. And I think both of those guys have come along and um, Reed even is better than he was last year. I think that goes to show, you know, how comfortable he is in this defense, but McDuffie is a game changer. Yeah. He's just, he's a game wrecker. He's a yeah. game wrecker. Yeah. So for me, it's McDuffie. I think there's a couple other guys you could go with, but I'll have to go with McDuffie. Yeah, there's there's a lot of candidates, I feel like. Um, I, I thought really hard about going with Legereus Sneed on this one. I know mm-hmm. he hasn't had like a ton of splash plays, but I just feel like he's he's like the glue guy. Like he yeah. enables them to do so many things all, all across the whole defense that's so important. So like I feel like he's one of those unsung heroes. I and mean, we talk about him, but like you know, he gets, he's getting outshone by the people like McDuffie and, and some of the pass rushers. Um, he's fantastic. So I wanted to give him as an honorable mention. Other guys have really stepped up. Leo Chanel's had a bunch of tackles for a loss. Obviously the Drew Tranquil signing, he's yeah. really stepped up and helped out in the wake of the, the injury to Nick Bolton. Um, George Karloftis has leading yeah. the team in sacks, right? Chris Jones is one of the reasons why George Karloftis is leading the team in sacks. You know, so there's so many, so many different people to point to, but I'm with you. It's gotta be McDuffie. Um, He's just been absolutely like sensational and turning the ball over. As I mentioned at the top of the show, that's, that's what gets you the MVP for me. Like all the other guys have played really well, but those turnovers have been so key. Those things, those that helps tilt the game in your favor. So it's gotta be McDuffie. And for somebody who is looking like he's on track, potentially, to be a first team all pro cornerback. Like, do you know how hard that is? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, quarterback, yeah. you got to beat out, you know, you got to be out 31 other guys, cornerbacks. There, there's a bunch of them out there. I mean, it's, it's really, really incredible what he's done. It looks like the chat agrees. Tom Hood yeah. says Trent McDuffie, MVP. Um, Lauren Shanks Bolton, when healthy, is so good too. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Evan says Sky Moore, LVP. Um, Flapjack no. City, Tyree Kill tra- trade is the MVP. Um, uh, yeah, a little spicy there in the comments. Um, okay, so let's do special. Teams. Um, I feel, I feel like this is an easy one, but who's the special teams MVP? Man, it's Harrison Bucker. He's what perfect through <laughs> nine games. How does that? How? I mean, the golden leg, man. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's been incredible. Um, I'm with you. It's 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 easily Bucker. Nobody's made like a massive impact in the return game. Um, some guys yeah. have played well, but he's been nails for them when they need him. He has been hitting it every time. Seems like he's fully healthy now, and that's that's good news because now he's I think he's got a little bit of his his confidence and swagger back after struggling mm-hmm. at times the last couple of years with some injuries. And that's really exciting for a guy who, you know, we can hit hit from 60 plus if the conditions are right. That's good news for the Chiefs. Um, okay. Man, there were there were people trying to kick him to the curb last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were like, get rid of Bucker. I was like, hold on. He's hurt, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad it's, we didn't do that. <laughs> Sterling Holmes, one of our co-hosts on the show, was very big about, hey, like, you, you know, he was talking to Nick Lowry a lot. And he's like, he's injured. Let him work through it. He's He's good. And we're seeing the return to form of Harrison Bucker. And like, I can't stress enough the fact that he can hit from that distance, you know, at the end of a half, how many times, multiple times over the years, they've gotten the ball with not very much time at the end of the half and got on the outskirts of field goal range and go into the half. And he's, he gets them three points. So he's, he's fantastic. He's going to be incredibly valuable on the stretch. And he's hit every big kick they've needed him to make in the postseason. 
uh, and then win the Super Bowl. So, um, right. okay, <laughs> which which player has surprised you the most in the first half? So I'm going to say Drew Tranquil. Uh, I feel like that was, for me, the free agency signing of the season or mm. of the year because, uh, I, well, first, I can't believe the Chargers didn't want him because when you think about what he's done for this team and how he stepped up as a leader when Nick Bolton has been hurt, it's really remarkable. The communication he's been able to bring to that defense, I mean, last weekend against Miami, I felt like that – defense they were really really strong with communication there's a lot of motion happening and they're able to react to that and play to that and I mean we saw it firsthand and I just feel like that's a big kudos to Drew Tranquil and I think he leads the team in tackles right now I want to say you can correct me if I'm wrong yeah so uh, Drew Tranquil um, I know he's only here on a one-year deal but it's going to be some tough decisions come uh, the end of the season in that linebacker room I mean whew. Yeah, great signing. It, when it happened, I was sort of like, do we need to do this? Okay, I like the depth, yeah. but credit to Brett Veach. He's taken some heat for some other moves. That one was great. I'm going the other – actually, I kind of went the other way on this one. The The most surprising player um, for me this year was uh, Sky Moore. Um, and I know it, we're, in a second we're going to talk about who disappointed us the most. But I'm actually very surprised at how poorly Sky Moore has performed. Um, so it's not even disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't, I didn't think that this was going to be the case. I, like, you know, I could have maybe been disappointed if he if he played better and and just you know wasn't putting up quite the numbers I thought. But like this is this is like should we move on from this guy? Level bad, yeah. I feel like. And mm-hmm. given his draft capital and sort of some of the flashes that he showed last year, it's just very, very surprising that given this opportunity, he has just not been able to get going. And I think played like, finally they reduced the snaps to like 15 or something in the last game, pretty much signaling that they're about to give up on him as well. And here's a, this could be a guy who in the off season or something like, like the chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony that at some point this year or next year that, that they move on from him, especially if Rasheed Rice continues to to grow. It's just absolutely shocking to me that it's come to this. And I hope, I hope like I hope the kid can turn it around. Seems like a great kid. Um, but it's boy, it stinks. It just stinks. Um so sorry I'm to have to be negative on that one, but I, I <laughs> really right. wasn't a surprising thing for me. Uh, man, listen, I was banging the drum so hard for Sky Moore in the offseason. I was like, guys, this is it. He's gonna be so good second year coming out it's going to be awesome the chemistry he worked with Mahomes all offseason and it's been really disappointing yeah and I know we're going to talk about that but yeah disappointing and surprising really surprising yeah so, absolutely on that um, and I will say just to throw out one positive um Mike Dana yeah. I, we talked earlier in the in the season when we knew we weren't going to have Chris Jones and Charles Amenahue was going to be out and Mike Dana is a player I've always liked he's always shown up made some nice plays and I, I called him out specifically as somebody who was going to be really important to the Chiefs this year. And he's been absolutely fantastic when he's been out there helping rack up more sacks. I think he's tied for second. He's as many as Chris Jones, right? They both have like five and a half, something like that. So he's been really terrific. I think, you know, he's in a contract year, I believe. This might be it for him in Kansas City. But what a, what a great, you know, given his draft cap and all of that, he's been a great find for the Chiefs. Completely agree with you on that. Okay, so who's disappointed you the most? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Kadarius Tony. 
And I don't know that I completely fault him for that. I think it's possibly on the coaching a little bit and the decision-making with how they're using him. Um, I think he's really great in space. I just don't feel like they give him an opportunity to get in space. I feel like when you're throwing him little shovel passes behind the line of scrimmage and he doesn't really have an opportunity to make something happen, it's difficult. Um, I think we, we saw him in a slant in this last game and he got like, I think he ran for like 17 yards or something after the catch. He was, I think he got another 10. So I do feel like there is something there, but I'm really disappointed as a guy that they came into the season. They were like, this is our wide receiver run. They declared him as a wide receiver one. And then to see the very, very minimal output that we've seen from him, it's very surprising, very shocking. And in a team that's really struggling to identify a wide receiver run one, it's really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And they give up some some pretty serious draft capital to bring him in. And look, he he helped him win a Super Bowl. And for that, that trade will always be worth it to me. But for what they were hoping that he could bring to this team, uh, it's just it's just it's very disappointing. Um, I'm with you. I went back and forth on this one. Um I think I'm gonna have to say. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm. I know it's not all his fault, but I've been disappointed at his ball security and decision-making at times this year. And like, look, man, he is God tier, right? So he, his standard is far above making some of these, some of the focus uh, issues that he had. Like it, it, the, the fumble against the Dolphins was was a great example of some of the mistakes that he's made this year. He's got to take better care of the football. He knows it. And he has to know the situation. He's gotten such good protection from his offensive line at times this year. And he's just been standing there. And I maybe I he's frustrated. He's waiting for guys to get open. But like he's got to know the situation. It's okay to to take a sack, um, punt the ball, because you know your defense is really good. And so he doesn't always have to be Superman. They need him to protect the ball better in the second half. I think he's got eight interceptions already. I'm not sure exactly how many fumbles, but he's on pace to potentially have his, his most interceptions in a season plus the fumble. So he's the guy, man, he's the franchise. And it's, it's, it's hard to ask anybody to be absolutely brilliant at all times, every single game, but he's one of those, he's one of those players that mm-hmm. it is sort of fair to ask it of him because that's pretty much what he's been his whole career. So he's been a little bit of a, of a, of a letdown for me compared to, you know, every people that the rest of the teams in the NFL would be lining up to get this version of Patrick Mahomes on their team. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right, but I think it's completely fair to criticize him in that sense. He has a really high standard. He's has, he's had unbelievably seasons up until now. And not to say that this is a terrible season, but in to his standard, it's not great. And when you see the out, the effort that they're putting in in the offseason, he's bringing guys down and then he gets to the game and he's hard. It's hard for him to make a decision and he doesn't trust his receivers and he's not bringing them along with him. It's a, it, it's disappointing and it's a little it, I don't want to say out of character, but it feels a little out of character. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It Sometimes it's frustrating, too, because I feel like when I'm watching him, I'm like, that's something that Josh Allen would do. And with that decision-making, and I'm like, he, in my opinion, is far and above Josh Allen. So when you see him make those decisions where he's holding onto the ball and he's fumbling and yeah, that's a fair, that's a great, that's a great call out. Yeah. And it seems like some people actually agree with me in the chat. I was wondering how that one would be taken. Angry, drunken German says, 
he's taken more risks than he's needed to this year. Our offense doesn't live and die by the big play anymore. Just protect the football and keep the chains moving. 100% agree. You know, you've got that defense over there. It's it's okay to, you know, hold off on trying to make every single drive in and a touchdown. Turn it over to those guys. They might get you in good position. Tom Hood says, I give Mahomes the benefit of the doubt. He's working with some below average receivers. 100%. 100% yeah. he is. But he's got to have that, like, you know, with the fumble. Like, he's got to have that clock in his head and protect the football and, and know when it's not going to work out. He's got to learn and hopefully he will from the course of the season when when it's time to bail on those receivers and when they're not going to get open. Lauren Shank says, then you have to put Andy Reid's play calling in this boat too, in my opinion, 100%. I was... For sure. Yep. It was, it was me. It was like Mahomes and Reid. Like those guys are so important. We need them to show up and figure it out. So um, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, um, it's tough, but somebody said, I wanted, there was a... Is one I wonder. Oh, yeah. Ballooned, ballooned raccoon says you are a true cheese fan. If you say Pat is the biggest letdown. Oh, I respect that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Like we're trying to win back to back Super Bowls. So that's, yeah. that's the standard. Um, okay. So what has been your favorite game so far? Let us know in the chat for you guys as well. What has been your favorite game that the Chiefs have played so far this year? It could be excitement level. It was just fun. Anything. It has to be Miami just because Tyreek and his mouth. I mean, he runs his mouth all the time and he ran it all, you know, two is the most accurate quarterback. And I'm like, you just came from Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are we doing? And then he was talking about how he's going to put up all these yards and all that. So to see him, not only to see us win, but to see them strip him of the ball and then take it to the house for a touchdown. I mean, that was just so exciting. And I feel like too, seeing that opening drive where the offense felt like they were really humming. I was like, well, Hey, okay. We're scratching the surface here. I feel like this is something we can build on. Um, yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Miami. It's gonna be Miami. It was a fun one. Although I was pretty much miserable the entire second half. So that's, that's, oh my gosh, that, that spoiled yeah. it for me a little bit. Uh, for me, it, it was the chargers game. Um, the Bears game was fun too, but the Chargers game, I hate the Chargers, despise them. They always give us a, a, a tough game and they were hanging with us there for, for a little while, you know, in the first half of the game. And then the Chiefs pulled away and the defense settled down. Um, it was the worst the defense looked the first like quarter and a half against the Chargers all season long. Then they settled down. But what felt great was the second half of that game. Remember, um, at, at halftime, it was 24 to 17. The Chiefs score a touchdown right at the end of the half, but with like seven minutes to go, it was 17 17. And um, it just felt like in the second half, like the Chiefs defense just clamped them down. Mm-hmm. And then the offense got another tutty, and it was 31 17 in ball game. And I was like, oh man, maybe we're going to have a season where we just dominate the whole division and we don't have any close games. And then we went and lost to Denver. But that <laughs> one felt good. That one, that was a game where they felt like the Chiefs like what they could be, you know, put up like 483 yards of, of offense in that game at 25 first downs. Like that felt like the, uh, the ideal if they get the offensive thing. I know it was a Chargers defense and they're trash, but that, that felt like, okay, this is what it could be like in the second half if we solve this thing. Yeah. Plus, you know, divisional wins are always, they're always fun. Always satisfying. Always satisfying. Um, okay. Let's see if we got anybody in the chat here. Flapjack City says the Lions game for me. That was a like I was at that game. It was fun. Unfortunately, that we lost. Uh, but that 
that, you know, if you just take that last part out where they dropped the ball um, when they were going to win. Oh, gosh. Tom says Chargers game was very satisfying. They're a division rival, and we beat them convincingly. Yeah, I agree, man. It was great. Um, Angry Drunken German says we we all knew the Bears game was fool's gold. The Bears were – the Bears were bad, yeah. Chris Wright says Bears Bears was true cruise control game. Nice Sunday. That's a fair point. Like you don't mm-hmm. get it's the NFL, so like you don't get too many games like that a season where you're sitting there in the second quarter and you're putting your you're kicking your heels up and opening a beer or whatever. And you're like, this is great, man. I can just enjoy this easy win, no stress. Um, and that was that. That was the <laughs> game this year. And uh, I thought the Miami game might go like that. Yeah. Then they stopped scoring. Um, right. Do you, what do you prefer? Do you, Kylie? Do you like the? Do you like the games where they coast, or do you like the the nail biters? I mean, I like the games that we coast at because, to your point, I'm not pacing in my living room in the fourth quarter <laughs> or yelling at the TV. Um, I mean, they're sure they're not maybe as exciting, but at least I'm not walking away with a bunch of questions. Yeah. Not like ooh, they. Uh, the play calling was a little suspect or, you know, like if you feel good about that, win, you walk away and you're like, all right, we got this. So probably those, those blowouts are always fun. All right. All right. Let's get to our next segment. Chief second half, take it or leave it. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, hit that like button, by the way, we're way behind on the likes. Um, for those of you who are, who, are, who haven't seen this segment before that we do sometimes, it's very simple. I'm going to, I'm going to make a declaration Right, like the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, take it or leave it, uh, and and Kylie's going to let me know if she thinks it's BS or not. So, uh, and you let us know in the chat, take it or leave it as well. Okay, so here we go. The Chiefs will beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football after the bye. Take it or leave it. Take it, Andy Reid off a bye. I feel like they're going to get some things figured out. Um, I know the Eagles are also coming off a bye, but it's a home game for us. I'm going to take it. I think we win that game. That, that that one is really exciting for me. Flapjack says leave it. Wow. Um, I, I'm going to say take it uh, as well. Ronald says take it. Daniel says take it. And I'll tell you why. The Eagles the Eagles are really good this year. Um, they're great. A great pass rush again, but their pass defense has not been good. People have been lighting them up and and, and getting a lot of yards on them. Yeah. That's exactly what the Chiefs need out of the bye yeah. to get going. <laughs> it's a little bit of a weaker pass defense, um, and I think the Chiefs defense the Chiefs defense is way better than it was last year, and they beat these guys mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Um, Diane says take it. Lauren Shank says die Eagles die. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I think the Chiefs get get this one. Andy Reid off a bye. Although it's mm-hmm. going to be a fraught game. like It'll be really interesting to see how the beginning of that game goes because obviously the Eagles are mad about what right. happened in February. And so yeah. um, and, and we get to see the Kelsey brothers go at it one more time. Uh, so m- maybe maybe not the last time, but at least one more time. Um, but I think the Chiefs get this one out of the bye. Andy just does not lose really to his former protégés and he yeah. has not lost to the Eagles, I believe, since uh, – since he came to Kansas City. So, you know, Andy, Andy's not satisfied. Andy's going to want this one. And it's a big game no. for the Chiefs because, you know, as I mentioned, Baltimore could be two games up on them by the time they, they step on the field against the Eagles. Yeah, no, you're exa- it's a must win. It's it's a must win. It's one of the, I mean, I think there's a couple games in the second half of the year that you're like, you got, like, they're circled. We got to get this one. Yeah. So, uh, I'm taking it. We're going to win. I think that <laughs> if they win this Eagles game, 
if they figure out the offense, they have a shot to run the table. Um, You know, like they've got Vegas, Green Bay. Buffalo hasn't looked that great. They get Buffalo Mm -hmm. at home. New England's terrible. They play the Raiders again. There's obviously the showdown with the Bengals and then the last game of the season against the Chargers. Um, They've got a shot. Like this is the hardest game remaining on their schedule, I think. Um, I know the Bengals have been looking really good recently, but who the hell knows? They look terrible earlier. Who knows what they'll look like on New Year's Eve? Um, So it's going to be interesting. Okay, next one up. Take it or leave it. Jet McKinnon will have a much bigger role down the stretch. Take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. I feel like they've been kind of, I don't want to reserving him a little bit for the second half of the year. Um, he's an older guy and he's been, tr- he's struggled with that groin injury on and off. So I think they've just been sort of resting him and preserving him for the back half. Uh, we know he's great in the red zone. I feel like that's an area that the, we know that's an area that the chiefs have struggled in. I think if we get him more involved, that's an area we could see them improve in. So I'm, I'm going to take it. I think he'll have a much bigger role. I think they're going to start opening up the run game a little bit more as well. Yeah, I'm going to take it as well. And they have to. Like, they have to get him going. And I know they want him for the playoffs, and they're using him in pass protection and all that. But um, Mm -hmm. they need – and they did that a little bit in the second half of last year too. They got that screen game going with him. Now, to to be fair, they have been using Pacheco more in that, which shows that they trust him a lot more. But McKinnon brings a little bit of a different flavor for them. They used him. He he got that touchdown against Miami. So I think we're going to see more of that in the second half. Um, Flapjack says, leave it. Really interesting. Chris Wright says, take it. Diane says, take it. Ronald says, take it. Uh, Angry Junkie German says, come to playoffs. McKinnon will likely get about 60% of the touches. This looks like his his last year. It could be. Um, He's just so good in pass protection for them. Uh, you, you You get him out there. I think he really, really helps his team. Uh, all yeah, right. he's a dog. He's a yeah, dog in pass protection. He's not a big guy. He's not like no. I talked to him with the Super Bowl last year, and I was like, all right, like, but he stands tall, man. Like, he's not scared, and he he locks dudes down. It's really impressive. Uh, I asked yeah. him at the Super Bowl, um, uh, I said, um, you're, you're Patrick Mahomes' personal protector. And he said, and he corrected me, he said, bodyguard. Um, <laughs> it was really funny. And I was like, that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, take it or leave it. Isaiah Pacheco, who currently has 525 rushing yards, will eclipse 1,000 yards. I'm going to take it. I think, like, they, I really think, like you said, they've got to lean on that running game. And I yeah. think that they need to have more balanced attack. And I think that that starts with Pacheco. Any game where I think he's had more than 15 carries, they win. So um, I definitely think that's something they're going to focus in on the buy and realize, okay, we got to start um, getting him involved more. The third and short, man, <laughs> and the third, fourth and short, we got to see him out there more. We have to, we cannot, I can't deal with these cute little plays, these little pass plays, like enough, enough. I'm going to take you, it. You don't, you don't want Blake Bell throwing passes on fourth and short, third and short. Um, it's really weird. I don't want him throwing passes. I don't want Tony out there throwing passes. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. Um, Angry Drinking German says, nope, he won't get the touches. Tom Hood says, take it. Flapjack says, take it. Ronald, take it. Just about 1,000. Diane says, yes, take it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take it too. I I know that we're all worried that he's just going to start getting like six to eight carries a game because of Andy, but he's really good. And looking at some of the defenses that they play down the stretch in particular, like they've got two games against the Raiders 
They're not yeah. very good. Uh, they play the Chargers again. I think those are games where he can eat and have a couple of big games. So I, I think, I think he's going to get the volume. I think they're going to be ahead in some games, and I think he's going to get it. Okay, yeah. take it or leave it. The Chiefs' offense will figure it out. It's like the motto of this podcast right now. The Chiefs' offense will figure it out and start producing better in the second half. Take it or leave it. This question stresses me out because they have to figure it out. Like I, they, they have to figure it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I have full confidence in this team. I have full confidence that Andy will get out of his own way with the play calling. I think Patrick is, you know, he's a determined guy. He's a, he's focused. He can, he knows what he has to do to get this team back on track. And I think they're using this bye week as time to kind of figure that out and figure out what's not working. I think we saw last game, they're starting to use, maybe be more specific with who those wide receivers are. You'd mentioned, you know, Sky was less than 25%. I think Tony and Hardman both saw less than 25% of the snaps last week. And so I think they're really starting to hone in on who the guys are getting, the main wide receivers are going to be. Um, I'm going to take it and take yeah. it. I'm going to take it as well. If you're asking me to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes offense, I ain't doing it. I know they've got some, some, they've had struggles on the offensive side of the football, but like, the offensive line is better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco is better than he was last year. The defense is better than it was last year. And it's pretty much the same group of receivers minus Juju Smith-Schuster. The difference, the big difference has been Kelsey was hurt for a little bit. MVS has not played as well as he had as he did last year to start oh, the season. Yeah. And Rasheed Rice is a rookie. And Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony were out there eating up a bunch of snaps when it wasn't going to work out. So if you if you if you believe that they've decided that they figured out in the first part of the season, okay, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, McCall Hartman, these are our like fill-ins, gadget guys, whatever. Our our go-tos are uh, Watson, who Mahomes obviously trusts, MVS, mm-hmm. who we think will will start getting back on track. And Rasheed Rice, who has played nine NFL games in his entire life and not full snap counts in those games, right? If you believe that Rasheed Rice is that dude and he's going to continue to improve, as we often see rookie wide receivers do in the second half of the year, teams start to trust them more. They start to get it. They figure it out. They adjust to the speed of the game, all that stuff. They build a rapport with their quarterback. If Rasheed Rice alone takes that leap, I think they'll be okay. It's him and MVS. If those two guys play well in the second half of the year, I think the Chiefs will be just as potent on offense as they were last year. I think by the end of the season, Rishi Rice can give you everything Juju was giving you and more. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, to your point, like what happened to Rishi Rice in that last game? I feel like they used him and then second half he was – did he go home? I don't yeah. – <laughs> he yeah. took an early flight. So, yeah, I think they're going to get him more involved. And I think they're – yeah, they're take it. Take it, guys. Have faith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Angry Jungle German says, put Tony outside wide receiver and let Hartman do kick, play, jet motion game. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I, I like rotating Tony in a little bit. Uh, they just want to throw seem to want to throw bubble screens and stuff to him and not yeah. really have him run downfield. But I just think if they focus on those core guys and let them get going, I think they're going to be okay. I've been really impressed with how Watson's played this year for them when everybody else. Well, I was, 
I was going to ask, would you rather it be like, do you want to see MVS and, and Watson? Do you want to see I, who do you feel like? Cause I feel like they're pretty similar in their yeah. role. Yeah. I feel like personally, when you think about contested catches, Justin Watson seems a little bit better at that, especially when we know like MVS doesn't go and reach for anything. It's got to come right to him. And that's very frustrating. Um, I would rather see Watson out there personally than MVS. Yeah, I think it's a consistency thing. You know, they, they're running a lot of deep routes. They're getting tired. So, you know, maybe you want to just continue to rotate those guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Watson gets that separation. He's got really good hands. Maybe now's the time to, you know, if, if MVS doesn't start to pick it up, to, to let him eat some more of those snaps uh, as long as he's he's able to do it. And, like, look, when I say, you know, I said somebody said, I, I cringe that MVS is the answer. Tossy says that. It's it's not that it's like, oh, we need MVS to go out there and get a thousand yards. It's just he needs to do something. He needs to give them what yeah. he was giving them last year, which was the occasional big catch, right? Or when he stepped up in the AFC championship game. Like we we know he can do it. So it, it could just be a little bit that they're out of sync. Like there's probably not a ton of plays where MVS is Patrick's first read. And so and even if he would be, there's always somebody over the top. Always, 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 always go watch the film. Nobody there's they almost never see single high almost nobody ever blitzes because they're terrified. So he's usually covered. Um, and there's not a ton he can always do about it. He just needs to give them a little bit more. I think if he does that, that's that's a couple first downs more game mm-hmm. than you were getting before. It doesn't have to be, you know, it could be two catches for 25 yards. That's like that could do it as long as he can consistently show up. Yeah. All right. Next question. Noah Gray, this was a fun one. Um, Noah Gray has 214 yards receiving. Sky Moore has 201. Gray will finish with more receiving yards this season than Sky Moore. Take it or leave it. This is a hard one. It is, and it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. (laughs) It is, it is, it is. Uh, You said Noah Gray will have more than Sky Moore. I will take it. I will take it. I just think we've already seen his snap, Sky Moore's snap count get diminished a bit. I don't think they'll use him more when it comes to the second part of the season. Whereas I feel like Noah Gray has been consistent at least when they need him, when they bring in, you know, 12, 13 personnel. I think I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Yeah. I'm going to take it too. Sky Moore's snaps are, are being diminished. Noah Gray's out there. And while he's not primarily, a pass catching option for them. They've been running this play when I was watching some of the film. I've seen it pop up a few different times now, and it's almost always worked. They run this play where they've got Noah Gray and and Travis Kelsey on the same side, and they both run out, and Gray runs a deeper route, and Kelsey, and they run like the same route, kind of like a little, almost like an out route, um, sort of like, it's more like like a post, but like they both run it, and they run it in tandem. And Gray's deep and Kelsey's underneath. And they always, the defense always comes down and freaks out to Kelsey. It's the play that Noah Gray cut the touchdown on in the game this year. If you go and you watch, that's the play. They ran it another time. And uh, I forget which game it was in two games ago, maybe against Denver. And I know Gray was going to be open for a touchdown, but Mahomes went underneath the Kelsey for a first down. And then they ran it again against Miami. So be on the lookout for that play. It's all over the tape now. So teams are going to know it. So it's going to be a little mm-hmm. bit harder for the Chiefs to pull off, but I'm sure Andy's going to take it and like 
do alterations off it and make some different things, but it's gray is capable and he catches the ball. And and, and I'm always surprised at how athletic he is. Once he gets the ball in his hands, I'm like, Oh, like, you know, you just, you see the size and you expect him just to go right down and he can move. He's Mm -hmm. athletic. So I would try to, honestly, I would try to get him the ball a lot more. If I was Andy Reid, if they can find a way to do that because nobody's paying attention to him really. And he's, he's, dangerous the ball in his hand and he catches it he's reliable so i'd get him out there as much as i could you said like the main thing he catches it yes. <laughs> he catches it and he's reliable oh, what a concept oh it's the strangest thing just catch the ball yeah yeah uh chris says take it more is one to 12 yards a game uh yeah definitely so. flapjack says this is a trick question we don't have any wide receivers i <laughs> more on this team oh brutal brutal um it's really funny yeah <laughs> um okay next up is um trent mcduffie will make the all pro team take it or leave it take it take it if he yeah. doesn't i'll be very disappointed i mean we've already talked about him a lot but this guy is a machine and I know he doesn't have any interceptions yet, but to me, he's such a, he's making such a bigger impact by just his physicality and the way he's able to read the receivers and the way he he's just explosive on the defense. Like you, all of a sudden you'll see like that one play with Tyreek. His that was a hard hit. Yeah. That was a hard hit. And between him and Snead, I mean, they're both awesome. But I just feel like. McDuffie's great. He's not one that gets a ton of penalties either. He's pretty, um, what's the word? I feel like he's pretty trusted in that regard. That's probably not the word I'm looking for. But, yeah, take it. If he doesn't, I'll be very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you. He'll at least, I mean, maybe it, it doesn't end up being first team all-pro, but he'll make an all-pro team. Daniel says take it. Um, shout out to, to to ZK4BZ for the Super Chat. Really appreciate the support says gray has big upside i i agree i want to see more of gray um ronald says take it he says it would be it, w- it would be a disservice if he did not i agree um he's smart positions well and can tackle consistently yeah i i used to be a like i'm always hammering about how good of a tackler sneed is mcduffie's mm-hmm. really been good in that area too um he just does it all and i think what's tricky like what 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 has helped him is the turnovers because that's what like gets everybody's attention when you're trying to make an all pro team is you have those turnovers. And so I really think if he continues to play well and he gets maybe one or two more turnovers over the course of the second half of the season and makes like some big, big splash plays, he that's how he gets first team all pro. People will look and be like, I hey, look at all these these fumbles he caused, he gets a couple picks, it's a lock. He's been yeah. absolutely tremendous. And and the defense has been real that helps too, right? He's not yep. a guy who's who's played well on a terrible defense. They've been one of the best in the NFL. All right. Completely agree. <clears throat> Mike Dana, who I mentioned earlier, is tied with Chris Jones at five and a half sacks. George Karloftis has six. Dana will finish the year with the most sacks on the team. Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave it. Uh, I just think George Karloftis is having an amazing season. I think like we saw him come on really strong in the second half of last season. That's where he got the majority of his sacks last season. I think that's only going to continue. The fact that he has six and we're only halfway through is really, really remarkable for a second year guy. I, 
I'm really high on George. I know this is a Mike Dana question, but I'm just really high on George Karloff. Dana's had a great season. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with George. George just he keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. And he, so he gets a lot of those cleanup sacks. Um, Diane says, leave it. Tom Hood says, leave it. I am going to say, take it. I'm going to take it. Mike Dana. And let me tell you why. Ooh. He's the last guy you got to worry about. Like, if, if you line up and and you've got Chris Jones out there and Amenahue and Carl Loftus and Mike Dana, he's going to get favorable matchups. He's going to get cleanup sacks. And they're rotating him in, so he's going to be fresh. Um, I I just think he's going to yeah. – like, I think there it's – I think it's going to go like it has where rather than Chris has the big splashy number and everybody else has a handful to themselves, I think it's going to continue to be even – you know, Chris Jones gets gets a couple, Amenahue gets some, and it's it's Jones and 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 Carl Loftus and, and Dana. And I think Dana's gonna pull away because I think he's just gonna benefit from fantastic matchups um yeah. the whole year and benefit from the talent around him. And then he's gonna leave and he's gonna get a really big contract from somebody who's desperate for a pass rusher and he's gonna underwhelm. And I really like Mike Dana, but I just think he's in this perfect situation with these pass rushers. Yeah, that's a really good point, though. I think I don't think he's going to be as productive at another team. And I want him to get paid. He deserves, you know, everybody. He deserves a payday. But I think you're completely right on that. Yeah, We've got a really strong front four and there's a lot to protect there. Yep. Yep. It's going to be and good. Good for Mike Dana, man. I, I hope he gets I hope he gets a massive contract and I hope he lives up to it. Just hope maybe for an NFC team. Uh, okay. Now, next up here, take it or leave it. Rasheed Rice has 330, uh, 378 receiving yards. He will explode in the second half of the year and finish with over, over 1,000 receiving yards. Take it or leave it. Leave it. I could see him getting about 700, 750. I do think he'll step up a little bit in the set. I don't want to say step up, but I think he'll get more targets in the second half of the season. And I do think that that's going to get him that's going to propel him a little bit, but I don't think he'll hit a thousand. I think he would have needed to be at least halfway by now to hit that one K mark. And obviously he's not there yet. Um, I think they're going to keep using him. I think they're going to use him more correctly going forward. I'd like to see him on the outside a little bit more, um, which could get him a little bit more yards. I mean, he's a beast on yards after the catch, which is awesome. Uh, I just, I don't think he's going to hit a thousand. Yeah, so he needs what? 622, 622 yards, right? And they played nine games. So they've got eight games to go. So 622, five by eight. So he needs to average 77.75 yards per game to get to 1,000. And he could have a couple where he has 100. It's tough because I think you know they need him to to do really well in the second half to get this offense going. But do they do they get him going at a seventy seven yard per game clip with they when they got Travis Kelsey out there and the way they spread the ball around? No, I don't think so. I'm going to leave it. Uh, but I think he's going to get close. I think he's going to eclipse nine hundred um, or come very close to it. Um, Tom Hood says seven hundred to seven fifty, so he leaves it. Uh, Daniel Akers says, leave it apprehensively. Ronald says, leave it, but more important, uh, more important is he'll run more routes. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, but I think he could have a couple splash games down the stretch. He's looked really, he's looked like really solid. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, and receiver first year receivers in Andy's offense, they don't they don't typically hit one K. Right. They don't. Right. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. Well, I don't know when the last wide receiver that had one K that was a rookie for him. Oh, for Andy, I don't know. I don't know either. It's yeah. not. I know there were a lot of things floating around the off season about rookie like Tyreek didn't. So you know, yeah. there you have it. Um, he likes to go with the veterans. <clears throat> okay. Patrick Mahomes, take it or leave it. Patrick Mahomes has eight interceptions. The most he's ever had in a single season was in 2021 when he threw 13. Patrick Mahomes will throw more than 13 interceptions this season. Take it or leave it. Let's see. So he has eight right now. So he would, that's, wow. So if he hits five more in the back half of the season over seven games, eight games. Um. I'm going to leave it. I think I think he'll be right at 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like he really struggles against the Broncos in general with throwing picks, and both those games are back behind us now. Um, I do think he'll start to get a little bit more honed in on what works in this offense, and I don't think we'll see him holding onto the ball as long. I think he's going to really start trusting those receivers, and I see him his decision-making improving. Um, yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to leave it. I think he'll, I think he'll have 13 right at 13. I'm with you. I'm going to leave it as well. Uh, I think that if the offense gets going, he'll stop pressing so much and uh, he'll cool off on those interceptions. Daniel says, leave it. Lauren Shanks, leave it. Ronald, leave it. Tom Hood says, leave it. Okay. Let's pick up the pace here. Uh, (laughs) This is (laughs) Um, Andy Reid will call a quarterback sneak. Take it or leave it. Leave it. He's not doing that. I think the better chance would be Mahomes just doing it without Andy calling it. Mahomes just being like, whatever, I'm just going to take it. Like, yeah, yeah, leave it. Leave it. I'm going to take it. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be a moment. It's like the greatest advantage in the history of sports right now because there isn't a soul alive that believes they're ever going to run that quarterback sneak again. And I bet, I bet at the bye week, they start install one, they start practicing it and Andy busts it out in like a high leverage moment. And he'll do like, it'll be a, a totally Andy Reed quarterback sneak too. Like he'll, it won't look like it's going to be a quarterback sneak. Like Mahomes will go up there and get under center and he'll have everybody all spread out and have all kinds of crazy motion. And Mahomes will like walk yeah. around and then he'll, and then they'll do it. And Mahomes will probably go 80 yards for a touchdown because they'll just, it'll part like the red sea. Cause they'll all think the ball is going, <laughs> going horizontal. Um, okay. Uh, I like that Ronald prediction. <laughs> Lots of leave it. Um, okay. Richie James will come back and prove to be the missing piece on offense. Take it or leave it. You're already shaking your head. Yeah. I'm going to leave it. I yeah. um, I mean, it would be great, right? It would be awesome. But I just don't feel like I saw enough from him in the preseason to make me feel like that's that's the missing piece. Yeah, I'm going to leave it as well. I just don't – I like Richie James. Maybe he can help out. They get him back on special – but they were talking about maybe – there was rumors that they might try to – they were like dangling him for a trade. And so maybe yeah. they don't, they don't right. think he has it either. Um, okay. The Chiefs will beat, take it or leave it, the Chiefs will beat both the Bills and the Bengals down the stretch. Um, I'm going to leave it. I hate that. I hate saying that. Um, I know the Bills haven't been as strong lately. I think they've really struggled, and I think we're seeing that they're really not the team that they were last season. But when we play them, they are coming off of a bye. 
So that is just something to consider. Um, I do think we'll beat the Bengals. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. I just, I think we struggle with one of those teams. I unfortunately do think it's the bills, even though I think, I think we're the better team. It mm-hmm. just, I think it could be one of those games. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Um, I think they can do it this year because of the defense. Now I can mm-hmm. see them losing. I think they're going to beat the bills and the, the two games I'm the most worried about is, is Eagles and the Bengals. But I could see them losing that Bengals game because I could see like Andy and Spags. I mean, Spags admitted it last year. Like he had he had stuff that he did not use in that first game against the Bengals. So, you know, that game against the Bengals probably won't be for the number one seed. Um, so if it's not, I could see the Chiefs hold back a little bit. And so and, and it ends up being a little bit closer. And then they empty the clip in the playoffs if they run into them again. But I'm going to take it. I think this year with that defense playing the way that it is, they're not going to have some of the issues that they had before. All right, two more here. Take it or leave it. The Chiefs will win the number one seed in the AFC. Take it. The Ravens are hot on our trail. I, I And they're a good team. They look really good. But I think we only lose one more game in the back half here, which would put us at 14 and three. And I think we wrap it up with with the one seed again. Yeah. And the uh, AFC Championship comes through Arrowhead again. I'm with you. I, I'm going to take it. I think the Chiefs lose four games, but I think um, if that happens, I think they'll lose to the Eagles, and I think that'll end up being the the tiebreaker uh, is that they'll have two losses to NFC teams. So I think they've got an advantage there. So I'm going to take it. And then lastly, the Chiefs, take it or leave it, will finish 13-4 and four or better this season. Oh, take it. Take, take it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll finish 14 and three. I, I do think we'll only lose one more game. Well, that'd be great. That'd be Wouldn't great. I want amazing? to run the table. I want to run the table. <laughs> that would be great too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Last thing before we get out of here, I know we've run a little bit long. Kylie's been so generous with her time. Patty's power rankings. It's back. And I don't know how we haven't ranked the done this ranking before. Um, but we're going to do it now, and I'm really excited about it because it's a food one. Barbecue. I love food. <laughs> I'm yeah, all in. Right? Yeah. Top three. What are your top three barbecue sides? Um, do you want me to get specific and give you like places? Just sure, whatever. If you want to. Yeah. So the beans from KC Joe's are probably my favorite side of any barbecue place I've ever had. Um, I don't know what it is. They're a little spicy. I absolutely love them. Get them every time when I go. Uh, I also really like cheesy corn. You got to put that up there. It's definitely Mm. another side. Um, I'm not really like a fries person. So I would say that the third one has to be a potato salad. I'm not a big coleslaw girl, but like potato salad, cheesy corn, baked beans. I'm in. Yeah. 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 Tom Hood asks if, if pulled pork counts. I guess it can. Um, I'm or, with you. Or burn on, my list, <laughs> on my list are the beans at, at Joe's. Fantastic. So again, I don't even live what? in Kansas City, but that's what I get every time I go there. That's amazing that yeah. we were on the same page about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go with cornbread mm. um, anywhere, anytime uh, is so good. And then my last one. Boy, this is a tough one. Um, it's so hard. <laughs> it, re- it really is. 
Um, and a lot of times I don't get sides cause I just want to eat as much meat as possible. Right. Um, but baked beans, cornbread and look, mac and cheese, man. Like, Ooh. you know, just the straight up mac and cheese. Like when you, especially if the place has good barbecue sauce, cause I just dump the barbecue sauce on the mac and cheese and then I stir it up. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, great one. That's a great one. Mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give me mac and cheese all day, every day. <laughs> so good. Right. Um, yeah. All right. We got to get out of here it is getting late. Football is going to be starting. Got, are you jacked up for bears Panthers tonight? Are you just like, <laughs> what a terrible atrocity that is that we have that to watch tonight. Awful. Yeah. Beige it. Beige it. He's played okay. Um, but yeah, not, not a, not, it's bad primetime all weekend too. It's just like, yeah. it's like you don't have a Chiefs game and then all the primetime games are absolutely awful too. But I'm going to watch it because I'm sick, you know? Um, yeah, that's how I feel. I was like, I'm not going to watch this game on Monday. I was talking about it. And then come Thursday, I'm like, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch the um, Kylie, yeah. so, it's so awesome of you to come back on. This was so much fun uh, talking to you Yay. at the halfway point. We'll have to get you back on towards the end of the season. Where can people find you and get y'all's content? Well, so I am on How About Those Chiefs every Wednesday night. We do a live stream at eight o'clock central time. So you can find me there. You also can find me on Kingdom Cast. I'm there every Thursday night at 8 p.m. central time. So we'll actually be there tonight. So I'll miss a little bit of the game, um, which is probably fine. (laughs) And then you can check me out on Twitter. I'm always talking about Chiefs football, ranting, raving, sometimes happy, sometimes sad. But yeah, at the Kylie Winfrey, and you can also find me on Instagram and uh, occasionally here. So this has been so fun. Yeah. yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you again for for joining us. Thanks to everybody for your support, your participation in the chat today. You guys have have been absolutely awesome. Thanks to producer Richard for making sure this thing works. They're going to let Kylie get out of here so she can not be podcasting all night long. Um, We'll see you guys uh, 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 next week with our regular slate of programs. And we'll get you ready for for that Chiefs-Eagles game. But until then, for the whole crew here, for all of our members, I'm Patrick Allen. We'll see you next week. And until then, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.